Hello, and welcome to another episode of this thing that that we call a podcast. I'm going to start over. (laughs) Welcome to Feeling It, a podcast where we discuss TV, movies, pop culture, and whether or not we are feeling it. If this is your first time joining us, welcome to the show. And here we go. Come on, talk and talk. Want to hear something neat? It's showtime! Hold your ears, folks. Here we go! See what you can do now. Take your position. All right, ladies, buckle up. Let's do this. Hold on to your butts. Seriously? Listen to me very, very carefully. Hey, it's me again. Eat him up. Enjoy. Hello and welcome. Today we are talking about the movie that has saved cinema, the ninth installment of the Fast and Furious franchise. But before we get into that, let's introduce ourselves and rank the rest of the franchise to see if you can trust us or not. I am Sandra Amstutz. I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. This is tough because I love these movies, but here is my ranking as of today. It changes all the time, so there's absolutely no yeah, no constantly. need to lock in. <laughs> okay, so here's my ranking, not including F9, just so that we can save a little mystique for later. Yes. Um, my favorite of all the franchise is Fast Five. Number two is Furious 7. Number three is Fate of the Furious. Number four is Fast and Furious 6. Number five is Fast and Furious, also known as the fourth movie. Um, Next is The Fast and the Furious, number one. Um, Next would be Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift. Then Hobbs and Shaw. And then Too Fast, Too Furious. Wow. Okay. Hobbs and Shaw beat out Too Fast, Too Furious. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it did. How about you? I'm Lucas Wright. I'm from Chicago. And I have a very similar list. I was surprised to see. Um, Also, my favorite is number five, and then number seven, and then number eight, and then number six, and then number four, um, and then number one. And then where it changes for me is I like number three better than Hobbs and Shaw. That's what I I, had. No, Oh, you're right. No, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Do we have the exact same list? No, no, no. Sorry. I like number three, and then number two, and then Hobbs and Shaw. (laughs) Okay, so our bottom two are swapped. Our bottom two are switched. Everything else is the exact same. Yes. Yeah. That's impressive. I Okay. It really is impressive. Wow. You know, we have a lot in common, but we don't always exactly agree on things like that. Yeah. And the fact that the Fast franchise is the one thing that we are, like, in pretty much complete sync on. Yeah. really warms my heart, Lucas. I know. It's pretty nice. I'm curious where, where we'll, we'll feel like uh, F9 fits into this. It, yeah, this that, that might be the big game yep. changer. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, well, before we, before we talk more about this last entry, not the last entry... The latest entry in the Fast Saga. We like to talk about something we've either discovered or rediscovered, whether it be movies, books, music, TV show, whatever. So, Sandra, what are you feeling this week? So, this week, I am feeling a book. Um, It is a book just, like, really catered to my interest. It is called The Housewives, The Real Story Behind the Real Housewives. And it's written by Brian Moylan. Um... And it is a a, a book that researches and um, makes light of the industry of Bravo's The Real Housewives. Um, I love watching all of The Real Housewives shows. (laughs) I'm just really addicted to them. This book is just like a really smart look at them. Um, 
I like reality TV a lot, but I always wonder, like, the ins and outs of reality TV. I've always said that I think a document, like, the most fascinating documentary would be about how, like, Jersey Shore was made, because I think that was such a chaotic time and, and a chaotic show. And I think the behind the scenes was probably just as fascinating as what was happening in front of the camera. Um, this book about the Real Housewives is kind of a taste of that for me. It goes in and and it explains things like the casting process. It explains um, what you know the housewives contracts are like and what they're allowed to do and what they're not allowed to do. Also, how it differs from other reality shows. How. It's a little bit more expensive. There's a shine to these shows. Um, how the editing can affect the storylines. How the storylines are produced. Um, and I really find all of those details in that minutia really, really interesting. Um, for instance, you know, I think it's kind of fairly well known that uh, shows like The Hills were heavily produced, almost to the point where they were completely scripted. Um, Whereas shows like Real Housewives, the words that they say are never scripted, but you know, obviously scenes are manipulated to get this to have a, a through storyline. Um, so two characters that might have already made up might have to film a scene where they sit down for a lunch and make up in front of a camera. They're not told what to say, but we need to see that scene so that the story can feel complete. Um, and so things like that I find fascinating, and I'm really, really enjoying Brian Moylan is this book, and Brian Moylan is also very funny, and so his infusing all of this research that he's done and all these interviews he's compiled with his own personal sense of humor is is really delightful. Yeah, I'm very interested in how reality TV works because I really don't know much about it. So that that sounds actually very interesting to me, even though I'm not interested in The Real Housewives at all, just that yeah. kind of uh, look into the production of something like that. Yeah. I, I, I find, you know, I find celebrity fascinating also. And so these women who are so desperate to be celebrities, um, because that's, that's the only real benefit of being a housewife yeah. <laughs> is that you yeah. gained fame. And so many of these women, you know, like destroy their lives in order to keep themselves on the show because once they get that taste of fame, they don't want to let it go. Um, so looking into, yeah, the, the, the dirty details behind all of that is really interesting as well. Yeah, that's great. What are you feeling this week? Um, I am feeling a new documentary by Edgar Wright called The Sparks Brothers. Um, it's a look into the band, The Sparks, um, and just their kind of their musical journey over the last, what is it, like 50 years. <laughs> um, they uh, became popular or they kind of started their band in this I guess in the sixties, that's been, has it been that long? Yeah, I guess in the sixties, um, and have been consistently releasing music, um, this entire time, which I don't think there's another band that has done that. Like they have over 25 album albums. They've been constantly reinventing themselves. Um, and it just kind of takes a look at what, what that looks like in life. If you are completely fully engaged in making music, how that changes, most bands are, you know, only are around for a short time and then kind of move on and do other things. Um, but these two brothers have been just consistently cranking out music for <laughs> ever. <laughs> um, and just kind of, there's so much footage 
from their, you know, their, their, their whole career in public and being able to see kind of what has it been like touring? What has it been like as, you know, the industry has changed and the technology has changed and them going from being, a, or, you know, having to have all of this production and all of these people involved to really being able to make their music on their own in their houses. Um, it's just a really interesting look at people who really love music and who aren't necessarily interested in, um, you know, being famous, but really wanting to play music all the time. Uh, it's, it's a wonderful documentary. Edgar Wright is obviously a great director and it's really interesting to see his take on a documentary. There's lots of, um, fun stop motion and it's very, it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a dry documentary at all. It's very, um, whimsical and interesting and, um, and the subjects also are very fun. So I would definitely recommend it. It is a bit long, I, I felt like, but I was intrigued the entire time. I really, really want to see this. I have no background on the Sparks Brothers, never have heard of them before I saw this trailer. Um, but this is a great, there's a great trailer. I'm excited that Edgar Wright made this movie. Um, there are certain times when you see a, a trailer for a documentary and you're completely unfamiliar with the subject matter, but you think like, oh, this is my entry point, you know? Um, and yeah, this is something I'm really excited to see. Yeah, yeah. I know that there will be songs by Sparks that you have heard before um, that that will come up, but loosely. They're, they've never been someone yeah. who's like, this is a, you know, a hit that you have obviously heard. It's just like, oh, I have heard that melody and stuff like that before. So it's, it's very interesting to see a band like that. All right, let's move on to our inner in or out section where we talk about movie trailers and based on the trailer, whether we are in or out on that movie. Are you in or out? You were so We have one trailer on the list today, and it is my most anticipated movie of 2021. That is The Harder They Fall. This is directed by James Samuel. This is his first uh, feature direction. He's a, a, a British songwriter. Um, and I love westerns made by musicians. <laughs> my other favorite western, Slow West, is... Um, is also a guy who is a musician and just went and directed one movie. So I'm very excited about this. This is, a again, a Western starring Idris Elba, Regina King, Zazie Beetz, uh, Licky Stanfield, and Jonathan Majors. Um, I'm pumped about this. I don't know how you felt about this trailer, but this trailer was the most exciting thing that I've seen in a while. <laughs> I'm a little conflicted about this trailer. <laughs> I saw that it I saw that it had come out, but I hadn't watched it and I, you know, saw that it was a Western and it had this amazing cast and I thought, oh well like that seems cool and I'm sure Lucas will be is very excited, you know. Um, <laughs> but like again, I don't like Westerns. That's my, you know, one thing is I, I just I don't yeah. like westerns. Um, Which I at some point I'm going to get into the very specifics well, and get real nitpicky about what it is that you hate about westerns. At some point it's, it's going to really happen. Really, just but about not like today. father daughter stuff is ultimately is going to or you're just going to have to it'll turn into a therapy <laughs> session. Um, <laughs> and so, I mean, but here's and, but actually let's get into it because. Here is because this is why I'm conflicted about this trailer in okay. particular. Most westerns I find to be very slow. I find them to be dry and slow and boring, um, and masculine in ways that are not appealing to me. Those that's my biggest issue with westerns. Um, 
this trailer does mm-hmm. not look like it. This movie is going to be slow or boring, um, um, or particularly macho and masculine. No. Um, with the exception of the so, uh, watching this trailer, I was like, "Oh, I'm very into this. Like, I'm probably going to watch this movie." Then, by the time the trailer finished, mm-hmm. I realized that pretty much the entire trailer is just people being shot. Like, there's not really any setup for any (laughs) plot in this trailer. And I'm sure there is a plot in this movie. But this trailer is pretty much just a montage of people being shot. And so then then I'm kind of like, well, that's not as appealing Mm -hmm. to me. So I was on board, then I was off board, and so now I'm a little conflicted. (laughs) Um, I'm right in between in or out on this trailer, but leaning towards in... Because the energy is really great, and this cast is, of course, wow. like you know, yeah. stellar. That is shocking to me. I'm so excited that you might possibly actually watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, I probably will. I just maybe if they get another trailer that comes out that's not just people shooting each other. Um, yeah. I by the time it ended, I was like, yeah. oh, so we're really not getting <laughs> any context. No, 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 no plot at all. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, <laughs> it's they're cowboys and they shoot people. I think I do think like getting to see Regina King in this movie is amazing. Like she looks yeah. fantastic. She wears like this um almost looks like a navy captain's yeah. coat um for <laughs> for a lot of this trailer. Um Jonathan Majors in a leather yeah, jacket, totally. just everybody looks fantastic. Um, and it, it, it looks much more like stylish than a traditional, you know, Western. Um, obviously it's not, you know, it, 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 it looks, you know, time period appropriate, but in a a more fun, lively, colorful way, um, which is fun to see. Well, and I couldn't get a grasp because there's not a ton of dialogue in the trailer, but I was trying to figure out if the dialogue is supposed to be, um, anachronistic or not, you know? Um, yeah. I'm curious about that as well. Again, not a lot of dialogue, mostly just shooting. So, <laughs> right, um, right. There's mostly just shooting, but the the music again being used in the trailer. Assuming that that similar music and editing style appears in the film itself. Um, again, lots yeah, of energy 100%. in a way that I'm so. ready for. All right, looks like we're actually excited for the harder they fall. I'm pumped. I cannot wait for this movie. It's going to be great. All right. Let's talk F9. Okay, we are finally back with Justin Lin, who directed... I think he directed 3, 4, 5, and 6, didn't he? He's directed every Fast movie that has Han in it. You're right. You're right. Three, four, five, six, and now nine. So yeah, Justin Lin is back to the franchise. Um, it's exciting, I think, to see him. I I love his action, <laughs> um, and so I th- I I coming into this movie, I was very excited to see kind of what he brought to it. It's been fun to have other directors play around with it, but I think um, it's it feels like his franchise, even though it's not his franchise. He didn't start this. He kind of came in at three, but it does feel like something that, uh, that he takes a lot of ownership in. So coming into this movie, how excited were you for it? I mean, I couldn't have been more excited. I love these movies so much. I, (laughs) this is my first like 
big action movie in a theater since the pandemic. I was obviously when the pandemic happened last year, I was obviously disappointed that they pushed this movie back a whole year, but then ultimately really glad that they did that instead of, you know, every so often pushing it a few months like Tenet happened to do. Um, yeah. I I just think that these movies are really fun, but more importantly, I've grown like very emotionally attached to these characters and these storylines. And I think that that's the only way that <laughs> This movie, this franchise can only be successful if there is that emotional attachment because anyone can create a badass action sequence, right? Um, yeah. And that's that's not necessarily the key to success, even though that, that is one of the major draws of these films. So, yeah, I was – I couldn't have been more excited. I went to see this opening night in an IMAX theater um, – with a crowd that was really ready for a Fast and the <laughs> Furious movie. How about you? Yeah. I think what this franchise has done, because I have watched some of these movies, I think, as they were coming out, like early on and stuff like that. And I feel like within the last couple of years, I have really realized how much I love these movies and how, like, this is this is our collective soap opera. Like, this is it. This is what we're all into um, in this very like cheesy but lovable like overly sincere way, um, and so coming into this movie, you know, after again not seeing new movies in theaters for a long time, this was my first twenty twenty one movie in theaters. Um, I was so excited for it. Um, it went on a Saturday. There was people in the theater. It was crazy. It was there was so many laughs and like hollers and yells, and it was it was so fun to see this with people. <laughs> I was I went I went and saw this by myself and I was walking into the theater and I would just hear all these different ran different groups that were walking in at the same time going family family <laughs> and I'm like oh I know that we're all here yes, for the same yes. thing which is, which is interesting uh, because I feel like this is one of those movies that it's like this movie could be bad and it doesn't matter because we're in it to for in it for the excitement and joy of it. So even right. if the movie from a technical perspective is a bad movie, we're still going to enjoy it. Um and so when we talk about this movie, we I'm sure we will also talk about the, you know, the technical aspects that are, you know, positive and negative. But in general, I I think we're where we're at with this franchise is it's going to be enjoyable to hang out with these people kind of no matter what they're doing. Absolutely. I feel like yeah, I'm so attached to these characters and these actors specifically yes. as these characters yeah. that their charisma and is like truly enough for me and then everything else is icing on the yep. cake. Yep. So, tell me what you thought about Fast 9. I really loved it. I mean, it's not going to make the, it's not going to beat any of my tops on my list, yeah. I will say. I but there's half of this movie that I really, really, like, full-out adored. And then another half of this movie that I found um, a little tedious, I will say. Um, the half of this movie that I loved kind of explores, like, the interior of these characters and their relationships and their history with one another. And all of the emotional, like, soap opera-ness, I was so bought into. The half that I found tedious was 
this movie's version of the gang saves the world, right? We've these films have gone from um, a group of criminals pulling off heists to now this team pulls off Mission Impossible like missions where they ultimately save the world, and um, I found that a little bit boring because. I don't need these characters to save the world. I need them to like <laughs> save each other. Yeah. And that's what I'm here for. Um, and so everything dealing with that plot and the mechanics of that plot, I found a little boring, but the action sequences continue to be wonderful to watch. Um, the charisma and the chemistry of all these characters continues to be great. Um, I think these movies strike a great balance with humor where they're not trying too hard, but they're also not, um, you know, there's just enough for me. Mm -hmm. So I had a really great time. Um, and while it's not a perfect fast film, I'm definitely not mad at it. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you to the point to where like this, I don't need them to save the world. And so I think for me, the things, and this has been in the last like couple movies, but the things that are, are less interesting to me are all of the gadgets and all of the, um, you know, the, all of the tech stuff, which by the way, Tej has gotten really good at hacking apparently, like (laughs) for someone who started out as just like, uh, you know, a garage owner. Now he's like the world's best hacker or whatever, but, um, his skill set has entirely changed, uh, which is fine, but (laughs) I, yeah, (laughs) that part of it is, is, is less exciting for me. And I find less interesting. Um, the parts where they are, really engaged in the emotional aspect of their relationships with each other is the part that I'm, I'm there for. And I think this movie does actually a really good job of, of grounding all of that um, in a way that some of the other movies, more recent movies haven't done, which I thought was really, really, really exciting to see. Um, I think the one of the thing, this is hard to talk around spoilers here. (laughs) Um, Let's see. I think, I I think we should say like, uh, we're going to like, maybe let's talk about what's in the trailer. Um, and if you're avoiding everything that's in the fast and the furious trailer, now might be the time to leave. Um, but we're not going to spoil things that are not in the trailer. How does that sound? Yep. That sounds good. Let's do that. Yeah. If you're going in trailer free, jump out now. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that is in the trailer is we get to see Han back and I'm so excited to have him back into this franchise. I think one of the things that is interesting to me about Han is um, he is the calmest one Mm -hmm. of this, of this group. And it's very fun to have someone who's very chill in this, in this crew (laughs) because everybody else is kind of operating very, you know, at a, at a, at a high level. Um, Dom is all obviously not, you know, um, an outspoken emotional person, but he's just a big presence. Right. And so someone like Han, I, I really enjoy and really feel, I feel like he fills out the crew very well. He's also just been someone who, you know, has died. Um, like a lot of people, in this franchise, Letty's died before and is back. Um, so I, I, I thought it was exciting to see him. Um, I think we can talk more about like what specifically happened and how all of that worked out. 
um, in the spoiler section, but I think just having him in this movie again, um, it just really felt like a breath, breath of fresh air. I also think like as, as this movie started, I was like, Oh, wait a second. Who's the crew now? Like, like who's actually in the family at this point? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's fun because it is kind of not a rotating cast, but it is constantly evolving and updating on like, who is family, who, you know, has died, <laughs> who's gone, um, stuff like that. And, and so I really enjoy that they have this group of people to pull from for these missions um that's constantly rotating and i i want to talk more about all of those and spoilers but absolutely i I just really enjoyed that dynamic i want to know how you felt speaking of things that were in the trailer how do you feel about this new major addition of john cena as another toretto i uh i i think it's hilarious I, i i love it i mean this is this is about family and i think it's very exciting to see this movie tackle actual family <laughs> Yeah, when it, you know, he's what, I mean, he says like everything's about family and then this is, you know, a brother that you haven't talked about ever in your life before. So, um, <laughs> I, I, I was very curious to see what that aspect would be like. And I, I, I love it. I think it tackles it really well. I, I think there are things that could have done better obviously, but I love when they lean hard on actual family, and I don't think they've done that enough recently with Mia being out of the picture, and she's back for this movie. So I'm so glad that Mia's back for this movie. 100%. So, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, I thought John Cena was really good in this. Um, I think he brings a really decent energy to this film where he's playing a villainous character um, and... But I don't think he hams it up too much, which I think is really – you can really do in these movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, with Dwayne Johnson, that became – sometimes it was really great. And there are a few times – it got to a point, I think, where you would start to roll your eyes at how much he was hamming up that character. Yeah. Um, I think John Cena also seems to have, like, a healthy respect for – um, Vin Diesel and like the role that he plays in that universe and how Dom and Vin Diesel is the top of the food chain. And like, that's one of the steadfast rules I think of the fast and furious franchise is yeah. that he is the biggest dog in the fight, you know? Yeah. And you really have to respect that in order to work in this universe. Um, and I, I feel like John Cena seems to fit into that role really nicely. Um, I loved seeing Charlize again. Um, I think she's the most genius thing that they, the, one of the most genius additions that this franchise ever made. Um, every moment with her on screen, I'm like overjoyed with. And yeah, I, I, I want to say that like this movie, there are concepts that are added into this movie that I think are really interesting for the universe as a whole. Um, and the way that it's kind of like talking about itself. Um, I think it's really interesting that this, this movie is finally starting to do that. And there are also some things that happen in this movie. Again, we'll talk about in spoilers that I'm like, wow, I can't believe we're doing this and we still have more movies to go, you know? (laughs) Um, so I'm, excited but a little starting to get a little nervous for what the ending of this franchise looks like i don't know how you feel about that but um it's some because i love these movies so much i am thinking about how it's going to end and how is it going to feel satisfying is it going to feel complete um 
yeah, I, I'm I'm really excited about the future, but a little bit nervous also. Yeah, they have announced that they're doing number ten in two parts, which um, doesn't. Let me tell you something. I, I, this is me being really nerdy and picky, yeah. but it's going to depend for me on how they title it. Because <laughs> if they title it something with the number ten, and then they say it's two parts, then that makes me mad because they should just do. 10 and 11, right? Yeah, yeah. But if they title it something that doesn't have the number 10 in it, and then they do part one and part two, I'm okay. Does <laughs> that, that make picky. sense? Yes. <laughs> but yeah, no, it don't, to- totally makes sense. <laughs> because why would you do 10 part one, 10 part two, just right. do 10 and 11? Yeah. But yeah. if it's called like the fast and the furious and the fate of them all, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a bad title, to be yeah. quite honest. No, nope, uh, no, nope. that's a good one. It's the best. <laughs> um, then part one and part two, I'm happy. Got it. Anyway, that's my little spiel. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I am nervous about it ending. I think this is definitely one of those trains that, like, as long as it keeps running, it's, it's, it, it, it's going fine. But the second you try to, you know, slow it down, it, uh, it could all fall apart. So I'm not nervous about it yet, but I, I do see the. Uh, I do see how it could be very difficult to wrap this up and that could be a big failure, but um, I'm optimistic. I think Yeah, I would like to talk a lot about spoilers. I think we really need to. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. Let's do that starting now. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? Are you paying attention? It's your last chance to walk away. Let me tell you what's going to happen. No. Cracking gas. Spoilers. Remember, you wanted this. I think the first section that I would like to talk about is the relationship between Dom and his brother. I think that was something that I obviously knew they were brothers going into it. I did not know we were going to get flashbacks as like a big part of the movie. <laughs> yeah, what a surprise yeah. to have they to recast Dom and Jacob completely to see someone else playing Dominic Toretto. Yeah, um, I found thrilling to be honest. I did too. Um, <laughs> I loved every single one of those scenes. And not only do I love seeing the interior of this character and seeing, like, how he became the man he is, seeing the background of, like, the legend of Dom and, like, stories we've heard before and seeing them play out. Mm -hmm. Um, All of that was thrilling. But also what I love about this, and here's, like, Justin Lin back at it again, you know, is that it really fits into the vibe of this is a story told out of order, right? Yeah. That these, you know, what started off as just kind of like we're moving these movies around in, in, in the timeline to make sense now has become its greatest strength and like its own stylistic choice, right? That we you're invested in these characters and – you're going to find out about like all these stories are going to be told in, in the wrong order, but it's all going to work. Um, and I really love it. Yeah. I think one of the things that it really drove home was their, I guess their disconnect as family and how that has been something that he's been looking for this entire time, which is, I mean, it, it just feels like it fills in the rest of <laughs> these movies so well of like, yeah. he, he has had this big disconnect from family. Um, 
I wish they would have played that up more with Mia. I wish Mia had been more involved in that relationship. Not necessarily like in the like she didn't have to be in all the flashbacks, but I, I just think like her wanting to reconcile this relationship as well and like have Jacob more as her brother because they have like one scene together when she catches him on the car. Mm-hmm. Um, and at that point, I was like, man, I really wish she was more involved in this. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I yeah I I also really enjoyed that aspect of it. Which, again, makes this movie more personal and less about we got to save the world and so we got to go do this thing. Um, I do want to talk about that aspect of it. Of I, I loved that bad guy. The the sidekick um, guy? The, the rich guy? Yeah, the rich guy. Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think he's a, he's a great uh, just sleazy dude. <laughs> yeah, funny. Um, who's, yeah, very, very, very fun to be in that, that position. Um, I, want, I want Charlize Theron out of a box. I want her... To actually do stuff in this franchise, yeah. Uh, in the previous movie, she was just on a plane the entire time. In this movie, she was basically in a box the whole time. I want her right. to go out and like interact actually with these people. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I want to talk about that really quickly, but I just want to say something before I forget. Back about young Dom and young Jacob yeah. scenes is I was just thinking about how you know what I liked about those scenes so much is that. I mentioned this before, but like the legend that it's building about these characters and it really felt like, um, like royalty. Like these are two young princes, right. That are like, and like their father was this King that was assassinated. And, and it really felt like, you know, the backstory of a a tale of heroes in a way that I really loved seeing played out on a racetrack with working class people. The way that like these movies can take working class car people and make them and build them into um, the stuff of legends and heroes and give them that emotional weight and that importance. I just find so wonderful. Um, Truly, if if the movie had been like way more of that, I probably it probably be ranked really higher on my list. Um, yeah. So I just wanted to really stress how much I found those scenes incredible. Well, I think I think that that really gets to the heart of what these movies are. It is like these working class blue collar people who are doing these amazing things in ways that nobody else can because they're like. <laughs> One because they're good at cars, but also just because they're they're thinking about them in these different ways. And when you put right. all of this tech and power behind them, it it feels like it dilutes what they're actually good at <laughs> a little yeah. bit. Um, and so I yeah I love getting back to the you know the racing aspect, the the mechanics, the cars, right. all of that. The only race in this movie happens in those prequel scenes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and you know, like that is such an important part of these movies is the race without those scenes. This movie would have been a disaster truly because (laughs) we come for that. And I think the, the action sequence in the world building or the world saving is like kind of extra plot just to make the movie like all come together. Um, and so it's interesting that I think if I had one criticism, it would be that they would have included all of those young Dom scenes and then brought that a little bit more into the present, you know, um, yeah. had some sort of scene where they, he reconnected in that way to his roots other than just seeing his brother again. Um, I, the, I guess the closest we have is that scene with, um, 
Michael, is it Michael Booker? Michael Rooker? Michael um, Rooker, yeah. Rooker, yeah. Where he goes back to that garage and... Um, yeah. Yeah. I just, I love the origins of these characters so much. I love that they were criminals that became heroes, but that's... And most of the movies still have that little criminal nature to them. Um, I loved the scenes where the criminal um, aspect of their history comes to play, like with Queenie. You know, mm-hmm. when when Dom is like, I don't steal things anymore. And then we get to see <laughs> someone steal stuff. Is I was yeah. like, yes, we're back. Um, yeah. So, um, but I do also want to talk about um, what you said about Charlize, because I think that's such a great point. Um She's such a a powerful performer, action star that, yeah, I'm ready for her to, like, get down and dirty with this crew. Yeah. I imagine that they're saving that for a big finish, right? Because I hope so. Well, I think that, like, if if she is, what what it seems to me is she has become the ultimate villain, right? That Mm -hmm. doesn't die in eight, that doesn't die in this movie. And so... If they're keeping her around to be to for one big send off, um, I would understand that you don't want to get her down in the dirt like just yet because you know she'd either if like let's say in a fight sequence, right? She either defeats Dom, which you don't want to see, right? Mm-hmm. Or she gets defeated and then she's gone too soon. Yeah. Um, but I I can't wait for that moment to come because. Every scene that she gets where she says something sinister and cryptic, I love. <laughs> I love it so much. Yeah. I think I think she really can play a lot of these overwritten scenes very well, which is very fun. <laughs> um I loved the way that she the 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 drone got shot down in this movie because it it, like i i had this moment where i was just like oh my gosh they killed her i and i and it made me realize like how much i was gonna miss her in this (laughs) series um and then it and then you find out it's a drone which worked really well i i really enjoyed that yeah yeah i I thought there was a really the editing of that at the time the reveal was great because in my audience you got that like small cheer before quickly realizing oh no and 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 that's but that's even better to me yep yep definitely um i do want to talk more about queenie i think yes please (laughs) i think helen miriam has the most chemistry (laughs) with 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 dom toretto in this movie yeah vin Um, diesel and helen miriam's sexual chemistry was off the charts off the charts as soon as as soon as they started talking i was like wait i I want more of them. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. That was that was shocking, and I loved it. Um, <laughs> I, I I need her to be in uh, I, a more crucial role in these movies now. Well, you know, you were talking about like family and who is in the family and who is mm-hmm. in the official crew, and I do love that. You know, we know who our main family is, who Dom would risk his life for, right? Yep. Um, and then we also have what I kind of view as like cousins, right? Like, <laughs> like the yeah. Shaw family are like these are are now these kind of distant relatives somehow. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, and you know, also people like possibly um, 
you know, the Lucas Black and and yeah. um, Bow Wow and how they're now these cousins that are not they're not part of the main crew, but they're connections and they matter. Right. Yeah. Um, how did you feel about seeing them? I thought it was very fun to see them. I mean, Lucas yeah. Black is like pushing 40. That guy is. Uh, yeah. Looking- Looking, looking old. <laughs> and I think timeline wise, time, timeline wise, this is supposed to be like a couple years after t- Tokyo Drift. Right. Like, but nobody cares about that. Sure. Um, but it was just funny seeing him being like, you, you have aged, sir. <laughs> Unlike yeah. most of the people in this movie. <laughs> did we know that Lucas Black was going to be in this movie? I did not know he was going to be in this movie. I don't think I remembered that. Yeah. Um, and I definitely didn't know that Bow Wow was going no, to. No. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was very fun to see him. But also, I really like kind of where they've taken those characters as just kind of like crazy weirdos who are off doing some rocket science stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Goofy, nerdy, but also like, you know, yeah, wacky and... Yeah. uh, I think think it fits his character so much because in um, Tokyo Drift, his whole thing was like he was was being cool. I mean, he wasn't cool, but like that was the vibe of it is like he's cooler than everybody else. And I love him just going full wackadoodle. Totally. Um, Yeah, it it makes sense for this franchise. And and I think this franchise does need humor where it it can get it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and so that was like a great way to add that in. Um, Yeah. Um, yeah. The the places where it does have humor, obviously, Tej and Roman, I think – are great they're always funny together i always feel like their stuff is kind of off to the side like mm-hmm. they're all the two of them are always kind of doing something else whatever in all these movies right. which i want them to be more involved and i want them to split up and like have more interactions with the other people um but it feels like they are a unit now and have been for the last couple movies yeah how did you feel about Kind of the meta-ness of Roman thinking he was invincible or, or like, commenta- commenting on the fact that, like, how much we've been through and we haven't been injured. I thought it was going to go somewhere um, and it and it didn't. So if it had gone somewhere, I thought it, it might could have been interesting, but it, it just felt like they wanted to call it out just because it is kind of crazy. Um, and I didn't love that. <laughs> it felt too on the nose. I, I don't know. I, I, I was interested at first. Um, I wish, yeah, it had wrapped up in some really satisfying way where, um, I don't know how, if, it, it, it kind of almost did, right? With them going into space, which we're going to get to. Yeah. Um, I think with the idea, maybe I'm, maybe I'm adding this importance to it and that this actually wasn't in the movie. I can't quite remember, but I feel like it was kind of like, if, you know, we've been through so much, like, if this is the way we go out, you know, if this is the only thing that could take us out, like, we're going to just have to go for it, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I know that it was yeah. it, it tied together super nicely, but... Yeah, yeah. How I thought it was going to go is, like, it becomes clear that they are just saving each other this whole time and that it's mm-hmm. not that they're invincible. It's that they're a, a family. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah know? that would have made sense too. That's where I thought it was going. And I was like, I kind of like that. But the fact that it was just kind of like a joke of just like, hey, with all this is crazy, right? It's right. Like, yeah, no, I don't need that. So, Sure. <laughs> um, I, d- I did. Can we talk about space now? Well, let's talk about space. <laughs> um, I thought this was a great way for them to go to space. I think they've kind of joked about it for a long time. But doing it like this in a car with Lucas Black, uh, you know, and the rockets yeah. and all of that, I just thought that was a very fun, uh, over-the-top way of doing this. Um, 
my like I was trying to figure out what are some other ways you could get to space and I this kind of comes back to like the blue collar nature of it of just like we're gonna engineer it ourselves and like put together this Pontiac Fiero um, strapped to a rocket like that is exactly what this should be as opposed to like one of the things that I haven't liked about Kurt Russell in these movies is Mr. Nobody's. He just gives them everything. It's like, whatever sure. you need, here's all this, here are all here's these resources. Yeah. Yeah. And so them having to kind of scrape together all of this is what I really, really enjoy about these movies. And so getting to see that I thought was fun. Yeah. I didn't mind it other than the fact that I really thought we would be saving that for the final movie. You know? I did. Yeah. 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 And so I was a little, when it happened, I was like, wait a minute. I really thought we were going to save this for the end. Um, and so the fact that they're going to space in the ninth movie when we still have two more movies to go, um, I found really confusing, to be honest. Um, because I think these movies do pride themselves on topping themselves each time. And so, like, where do you go? Now that they've gone to space, where do you go from here, right? Yeah. So that that I find really confusing. But the actual – but if that wasn't in my mind, if, if this was just, you know, the if this was the last movie, I think I would have been really happy with it. Yeah, I agree. I also want to talk about just some of the cameos that we have, some of the um, old, you know, reappearances and some of the new additions – um, I was really excited to see that small cameo. Oh, I forget his name, but the actor that Shay Wickham that Brian punches. Yep. Yes. Yep. To see him show up for a moment, it's moments like that that make me love these movies. Yeah. That tiny characters from you know from the fourth movie and the first are are back here. Yeah. You know. I mean, and, this is something that the Marvel universe does all the time. Yeah. Um, and is less impressive, I think. <laughs> totally, totally less impressive. <laughs> but the fact that they they're like, I mean, again, this is very, this feels like a very scrappy version of all of those things, and it's just so much more enjoyable when it happens. Well, and like with the Marvel movies, I don't even see it. it for me, it's very rare that someone very minor appears and like you know like it like the the closest thing i can think of in the marvel movies is when the kid from iron man 3 was at the funeral right yeah like that's like the equivalence to me whereas this um i don't know i just love the way that they're constantly doing that and having you know the have showing the younger versions of the two guys from fast five in um jail yeah. with dom getting to see young vince and young jesse like that i absolutely uh, loved getting to, <laughs> to yes. it, the, the, like they don't have any lines they're just kind of in the background but yes. it's like you know it's them it's fun right um that i just love how interconnected all these movies are um and then also really excited for the new edition of like Queenie's crew with Cardi B. Yeah, so she she hasn't been in these movies before, right? No. Okay. The way she was introduced made it seem like she had been. Yeah. Um, like like he he knew her, which is fine for him to know someone that I haven't seen before. It happens. Right. Uh, but it just in my head I was like there have been so many people in these movies that I was like was she in a previous one that i don't remember okay so this was her kind of introduction that that's what that's my memory of it yeah um i i think that they could have set that up a little bit better with 
the dialogue of my understanding is that like Queenie has taken in like is mentoring some young women, right? Yeah. And um, the, the the way he talked about it though is like he knew her from from the DR, you know. Oh yeah, and, and but, maybe made that connection with the two of them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay. Totally. And then also, but so I th- I think I've heard some rumblings that that might you know become its own spinoff um of some sort you know Helen Mirren and Cardi B I would I would watch that (laughs) yeah you know what I thought it was gonna be when she un when all of them like lifted off their helmets and it's all women I thought it was gonna be a continuation of the crew from Hobbs Hobbs and Shaw Shaw. yeah I thought the same thing yeah and that that's what I thought at first I was like wait was Cardi B in that Hobbs and Shaw group (laughs) (laughs) she wasn't but I still like the idea of like okay like hot women like crew you know yeah um and I really thought that, like, they were connecting Hobbs and Shaw to this movie in that way. Um, but this is also great, and I, I'm excited for more of it. Yeah. I what, – what did you think about Natalie Emanuel driving? I loved having someone who didn't – who couldn't drive yeah. in, in, in the crew. And getting to see that just felt so fresh. I wish she'd been worse at it. Yeah. She was <laughs> a little too good. I would agree. Yeah. Um, Griffin Newman, host of the Blank Check podcast, who is also a big Fast and the Furious fan, he has, like, long since campaigned to be in these movies, um, <laughs> and he does not know how to drive, and he, like, for years has been saying, like, what if you have, like, a dorky Jewish guy show up in these movies, and then he doesn't know how to drive, and the crew has to, like teach him how to drive or like he has to drive oh, yeah. really. and so it kind of was playing out that um fantasy that i've i've heard griffin newman speak about yeah. for so long um yeah i wish she had been a little bit worse at it um but i like the gimmick of itself um, definitely she's great in these movies she's a great addition i think so too yeah um as yeah. always like i was so happy to have um Mia back in these yeah, films. I know. I wish we could have seen more of her driving. What I love about Fast Five is that Mia drives. Like, yeah. yeah. And Mia is like just as good of a driver as like the rest of the crew. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I, I wish we could have gotten a little bit more of that. Definitely. In this one. I did love seeing her and Letty fight. Um, yes. I, I think one of the things as I was watching it, cause they've got a couple fights. Um, and what I, what I realized is I like their fights so much more because they they don't look as cool as in like they're they're they they they're okay like getting hit and like yeah. there was a I think a time when like Mia picked up like a spoon or something by accident and it was just kind of like ah no 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 let me <laughs> like, scrappier yeah yeah it feels a lot whereas everybody else looks super cool when they're fighting which right. feels. I don't know. It just isn't as exciting to watch. So every time Tej fights, it's just like he looks like he's doing jujitsu or something. Like mm. he's constantly just like being the coolest person there. And I'm just like, I want it to be scrappy. I want you to get hit. I want. Yeah. <laughs> and the girls' fights always are like that. You know, something else I noticed about this movie that I was a little bit frustrated with. Maybe I'm wrong, but it feels like this movie had way more guns than normally than most Fast and Furious movies do. I feel um, like the last couple of movies have had so many guns. <laughs> I just felt I felt I felt the presence of guns even more in this yeah. one. Um 
in a way that I found a little disappointing. Especially that opening sequence. Um, that big opening action set piece where they're like yeah. in the jungle. There's a lot of lot really of really gun heavy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Let's back up on the we'll back off on the tech and the guns a little right. bit. Go back Let's to get, the cars. Yeah. 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 Back to where um, we started. <laughs> let's talk about Han and his like resurrection. I I don't love the explanation. Um, yeah. I don't think you can give a good explanation for this, but just saying kind of like, uh, Mr. Nobody took care of it. Mm-hmm. Um without really explaining it, but but still showing it. I think I think if he just said like Mr. Nobody took care of it. I, I think I probably would have been fine with it, but kind of showing it, but then also not actually seeing what happened um, was weird to me. Yeah. Um, it was just, I didn't mind the explanation. I did mind, you know, I'm never going to, I'm usually not one to criticize the Fast and the Furious movies for like cheesy dialogue, right? Mm-hmm. Um there was a lot of it in these scenes where I feel like we're like specifically, it would just be so written out. Like someone like, Oh my gosh, Han, but how like, you know, like (laughs) to the point I was like, guys, we got to step it up just a nudge, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I think my, my, I didn't have a problem with the Mr. Nobody of it all. What I had a problem with more is introducing this new character. That's like, super important to Han. Um, and it also seemed confusing the timeline. Like he saved this girl and like got this piece, you know, big technology mm-hmm. piece. Was that before the events of Tokyo Drift? You know, like, right. Was he working for Mr. Nobody? Like before Tokyo Drift stuff happened, that was confusing. If so, like was this little girl that he rescued, like, hidden in his apartment while all the stuff of Tokyo Drift was going on. Not so sure about that. Um, also, I mean, she's barely like, in it. Their relationship. Like, she just dis- disappears yeah. kind of after the, after I know. she gets I, kidnapped. I think if you're going to introduce a character like that, I need a little bit more from her. Like, um, like how is he like a father to her? Is, you know, yeah, like. I agree. I wish if, if that was the case, if like they're super, you know, close now because of that. And they've been on the run together for all these years. Like the chemistry that we saw with him and Gal Gadot, like their like passion and, and like loyalty to each other. I wish we could have seen that in mm-hmm. like with this more familial, in a familial sense with the two of them. Right. Um, because he does like do that so well. I wish you just got it. I, yeah, I just yeah. wanted more. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I will say of all the action set pieces, the one that I was probably the most thrilled with was um, driving across the land minefield. Um, I think the concept of that was really good. Like, okay, <laughs> we all have to go above 80 in order to like not get blown up, you know? And, um, and Roman's big yeah. ass, like, yeah tank can only go up to 70 or whatever you know um i i really enjoyed that um i'm trying to think of anything else any other sequences that really that's the other thing why i guess why this movie is gonna rank in the mid-tier for me is because um eight the set the action set pieces in eight i think are the best the series has ever done i think the prison break the zombie cars the I agree. driving yep. across the ice, like 
over and over again, it was just out of the park. And yeah. this, none of them really lived up yeah. to, to that. I agree. I didn't love the magnets. I mean, the magnets aren't yeah. to me. I mean, they're interesting, but they just got used so much <laughs> um, that it, that it kind of got old. And they like they don't right. do – I guess they don't make the driving interesting. It's just like something else that happens. And so – whereas like the minefield stuff, like that was more interesting. Right. I, I wasn't when, – when it was happening, I was into it. But it, it wasn't the kind of sequence where you think about it afterwards and how good it was. Yeah. The way so many of the ones in 8 were. I mean, also, yeah. I wish – there's a part of me I wish that they hadn't shown in the trailer the shot of that giant truck flipping because that is such a, like, magnificent feat, right? Um, and, and you know it's coming. Yeah. Um, yeah, definitely. I wonder how I would feel if I, if I hadn't known that was coming. Yeah. It is – I feel like it's been done before. I mean, sure. I feel like big trucks flipping like that happen in the Dark Knight. And I feel yeah. like it, I feel like it's happened in another movie, but it's still very fun to see. Yeah. So where does F nine rank in your ranking, Lucas? Yeah, I think we need to. I think we need to to, to slot it in. For me, I think it fits um, under the. To me, this fits under six, above four. I, I'm trying. I think that that's where I had it as well. Um, it's either. Right above four or right below four for me, but probably right above four. Yeah, I think I would put yeah. this on before. And for me, my ranking yeah. is like likely to watch it again, right? Like rewatchability is is how I kind of choose this ranking. Yeah, so definitely rewatchability. Put that, yeah, right yeah, above yeah. four. So it's five, seven, eight, six, nine, four. One, three, and then I have Hobbs and Shaw, and then two, and you have two, and then Hobbs and Shaw, right? Yeah. Ultimately, I would watch Hobbs and Shaw before I would watch two again. <laughs> I'm so happy we're still in sync on, on those. <laughs> um, me too. Me too. You know, and it was hard. Like, I think the hardest thing in my ranking was choosing which one is higher, eight or six. I um, Yeah, I, I had trouble there as well. Because six, I, I do really enjoy six yeah. as well. Six has, um, you know, Han and Giselle. Six has... Um, yep. Like the resurrection of Letty and like winning over Letty yeah. a, again with amnesia and like yeah. the best scenes, yeah. I think. Oh, those are so good. Um, yeah. And six, six is really fun. But, but eight, I think, has um, those, those set pieces that really just blow everything out of, yeah. out of the water. I agree. And Charlie's, the Charlie's and Dom scenes, I think, are also really great in eight. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Is there anything else that we want to talk about? I think that's it. I mean, Lucas, no. I love that you and I love them together. I know. Ugh. It's great. <laughs> it, yeah. Imagine if you and I did this podcast together and only one of us liked these movies. Oh. <laughs> we would not be doing this podcast together, Ultimately. I think. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, I think that wraps it up for us. Uh, tell the world where we can find you. Um, you can find me on all social media platforms at Sandra Amstutz. My last name is spelled A-M-S-T-U-T-Z. And you can find me everywhere at Lucas and Stuff. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Thank you. Goodbye, now. Goodbye. Go away. I'll see you soon, okay? That's it? Go home? Yep. Yeah. Moving along, Padre. Goodbye, old friend. That's it. That's our show for tonight, people. 